News and interviews from your community every morning on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, his website IELSEAT.com. Do as I do, follow him on Twitter at IELSEAT, and his appearance is sponsored by the Campus Theater Lewisburg. Check them out at campustheater.org. Good morning, Movie Mike. Thank you so much for checking in today. Good morning. We'll start out with the add-on topic today. I got to see the movie Do the Right Thing. I ended up watching it twice because the first time I'm watching it, I'm thinking, well, what am I looking for here? I was really enjoying these different characters develop. Then the second time I realized, you know, what it is really all about. And the movie just gets greater and greater in my mind the more I think about it. Uh, Sort of refresh your review of it and why the timeliness is good and why this character development really kind of steeps in time after you've seen it. Yeah, Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing is one of my top three favorite movies of all time, and it's about uh, the hottest day of the summer in a neighborhood in uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant in New York and how racial tensions flare over the course of the day, and then uh, it ends with an act of police brutality and a riot. And uh, obviously it ties in very closely to what we've seen here in the last month, month and a half after the George Floyd a murder and things like that. But if people want to understand why these types of things happen, Do the Right Thing is a great film to kind of show you that. There's a lot of discussion in our, our country right now about protests and, you know, why things sometimes occasionally, uh, you know, get a little ugly in terms of buildings being burned down or whatever. Do the Right Thing tries to give you some idea of the psychology behind that. So it's a movie I would recommend for everybody. Plus, it's just really entertaining and very funny at times, too. Well, yeah, it is enjoyable. And then there is this idea that each uh, Spike Lee in the film just does some kind of a magic on characters to make sure that everyone, even though they all live in the same neighborhood, they are totally and completely unique. There's nobody that's sort of the same as anyone else in the film. Right, that's one of his gifts. And the thing I love about this movie is that it, it was made because he was very passionate about telling the story. And he, he made the film 31 years ago because he was fed up with incidents of people of color dying in acts of police brutality. And now here we are three decades later, and really nothing has changed. We're still having those same discussions and debates. But it's a film that is just full of passion and uh, full of anger at times, righteous anger. And I, I think it's a great film. I've seen it countless times over the years. Well, and I got to see it two times. It was uh, free on the weekend, so I ended up watching it twice. Really, really enjoyed it. So I highly recommend that. Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. There are some films that are coming out this weekend, though not in the theater. So which of our two films is first? Okay, well, I'll tell you first about Greyhound. Now, this was supposed to be one of Sony's big summer movies. It stars Tom Hanks. And he plays the captain of a U.S. destroyer ship who's leading an alloy, allied convoy through a treacherous stretch of the Atlantic Ocean while being chased by German U-boats. And that sounds really awesome, and Greyhound is awesome as far as it goes. The problem is it just doesn't go very far. Uh, this is a movie, without the end credits, only runs 82 minutes, and all it is is just one action scene. There's really no attempt to develop any of the characters, any of the relationships between them, or to put this story into a bigger historical context. So I'm kind of mixed on it. Uh, Like I said, it was supposed to open theatrically. Instead, Sony sold it to Apple TV+, Plus, which is where it debuts today. Uh, Hanks is is good in it. 
Uh, but again, there's just nothing to it other than this chase scene. So uh, for me, it really was one of the year's bigger disappointments. <laughs> you give it, uh, uh, what, uh, three out of four Submariners? Uh, two and a half Private Ryan. Uh, two and a half Private Okay, thank you. Yeah, this is, this is one of those, to borrow Siskel and Ebert's old language, this is one of those where my thumb is in the middle. What it does, it does very well. It just doesn't do enough, I don't think. Okay, well, and, sure. And, and you have Elizabeth Shue. She appears in the first scene of the movie as Hanks' girlfriend, and then she's completely dropped from the film. So, you know, there, there's just nothing personal there to really pull you in. Well, if they don't show her enough, I'm not going. That's the end of that. So I took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second movie that appears uh, this weekend or today is Relic. Tell us about that. Yeah, this is a really good horror movie, and it stars Emily Mortar, Mortimer. She plays this woman uh, who goes to her mother's house with her daughter because her mother has not been seen in a while. And the mother and the daughter uh, stay in this house waiting for Grandma to come back. And then eventually she does, but she doesn't know where she was, and she's kind of in a, a place of intellectual decline. She's got some weird bruises on her body. And I don't want to give anything away, but the house itself starts to change when Grandma returns. Uh, but this is a really interesting movie that uses horror uh, icons and, and horror imagery to tell a story about dementia and about the terror of watching a parent decline in their older age. And it's a really, really interesting film and very chilling at times. So what, three and a half creaking shutters or something like that? I give that one three. It's it's a slow burn kind of movie. If you're one of those people that wants a jump scare every five minutes, you'll probably grow a little impatient. Uh, they really use the first hour or so to set up the story and build the suspense, and then the final 30 minutes is where you get all the shock stuff. Uh, but I think it is a film worth seeing for people who have that patience. All right, so that debuts today. How does one see that? That is playing at drive-ins across the country, but also available on demand. So whatever service you use, you should be able to find Relic. Oh, I see. So it might be on Amazon Plus, Netflix Plus, Hulu, or any one of those may have it. Right, any of those traditional services where you can pay to rent uh, a new <laughs> film should have it. It's funny to call Hulu a traditional service. Yes, it's been a long three yeah. years for them. I'll tell you what, but the, uh, they, they've all... Well, it's really changed the movie industry. At first, I was resistant, but honest to Pete, if you want to watch great movies and great series, it's just... Uh, it's really come of age. It, it, it uh, is enhancing the film industry in many ways. Uh, movie theater change suing New Jersey for the right to open. You talked about that this week. Bring us up to date on that. Yeah, AMC, Regal, Cinemark, and other chains are suing New Jersey. They say it's unconstitutional for movie theaters to be closed when other businesses and churches are open. So they are trying to win the right to reopen their theaters on the timetable that they currently have. They all want to reopen at the end of this month. And uh, New Jersey still has a ban on movie theaters opening, so they're suing to try to get the right to open like other businesses do. All right, well, and AMC theaters, they were going to open on or about this time of year, and now they're delayed again? Yeah, they're delayed now. They're shooting for July 30th to reopen. Right. But, of course, that depends on the coronavirus and the numbers and things like that. I fully anticipate that it'll be bumped again. And is this uh, terminal trouble for theater change? Well, it, it could be. AMC's financial situation has not been great for a while now, so they're kind of struggling to hold on. But it depends on how long theaters are closed, because these theaters a lot of times are still paying rent 
on their properties and things like that. They're not bringing in any money because they're closed. So, yeah, it, it could be detrimental to theaters in the long run, especially smaller, more independent theaters like the campus. Okay, so yes, well, absolutely. Unfortunately, Bucknell is supported by donors, plus Bucknell University supports the campus theater, so that helps there, but it, you know, it can't be a total dud in the whole system. It's got to have uh, you know, some, some revenue and some production and a great deal of value, so of course if it can't show right. films, it doesn't have that. Uh, t- legendary film composer Ennio Maricone died? Uh, yeah, Neo Morricone, uh, really considered by many to be the grand master of film scores. He wrote over 500 musical scores for movies. He won an Oscar for Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight, but he also did the scores for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Untouchables, John Carpenter's The Thing, The Mission, Bugsy. So he was a, a true legend in the movie business. If you've seen movies, you've at one point heard one of his scores. Okay, so yeah, we're going to miss that uh, type of skill. And finally, Halloween. We have a sequel coming up, but we're now we have to wait. Yeah, the sequel Halloween Kills was supposed to open in October of this year, but because of the pandemic, the filmmaking team has announced that they were going to bump it back a full year. So Halloween Kills will now open on October 15, 2021, and the final film in the trilogy, Halloween Ends, has been bumped back a year after that. That will open October 14, 2022. So Michael Myers fans like me, we have to wait another year to find out what happens. <laughs> so you like the Halloween films, but but not the I uh, do. but not my car chase uh, series that I <laughs> that I always enjoy. Isn't that funny? <laughs> we all have our little niche. Uh, let's see. I always ask you what you're going to see when the, typically there's some new choices, but you've seen a lot of the new ones already. What will you watch this weekend? I have some screeners available for movies that are coming up in the next few weeks. I'm going to take a look at them. I've already seen some movies coming out next week and the week after. And there's some really interesting stuff coming that you'll be able to get on demand. So even though we don't have a lot of big blockbusters this summer, uh, there's still a lot of good stuff out there, and it's available in your own home. Well, and remember, your drive-in theaters are open, and, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, your cable company would just love for you to stay connected. Well, thank you so much, uh, Movie Mike. Thanks for all your help. We'll talk to you next week. All right, see you then. Movie Mike McGranahan, of course, professional movie critic. His website, com. member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association. He's an author, and his appearance sponsored by uh, a business we talked about, Campus Theater, campustheater.org.